Sports meets beer. beer. It's been so long we forgot how to do our own intro. Holy yeah. moly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Sports meets beer. Episode number 54. 54 episodes. The greatest. <laughs> I don't even know. It's not a, like, you know, like a trilogy is three. No, what, just, do you, what do you call it? Not to be weird, I'm watching you pontificate, like come up with your line there, and I'm like waiting for the next. <laughs> I'm on with bated breath. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. What's the dude? What's the dude's name from Inside the Actor Studio? Uh, that would be Will uh, Ferrell. The, yeah, does a great impression of him. Yeah, with, James uh, Lipton. James Lipton. Yeah, that was my, I was that was my homage to James Lipton. Although I couldn't think of the superlative, the greatest screen actor known to man. <laughs> oh man. Well, we're here. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. We are back after a short break, uh, or long, depending on what your calendar looks like. Right. If you're looking at like just like the day to day, it's a long break. But if you're looking, you know, in terms of like the history of the Earth, cumulative, very, yeah. very, very, very minor. Yeah. Minor inconvenience. Doesn't even show up on the timeline. So line. we're giving you guys a quick rundown. In the last uh, eight weeks, we took a two to three week hiatus, a much needed break after putting in so much heart and soul into a NFL preview week. Uh, we recorded those uh, over two nights, and it was grueling, to say the least. Uh, and then we uh, so we took a little bit of a break, and then uh, some tech issues, right? Yep. And then we had this nasty wildfire breakout, and then we had some uh, special content we threw out. So it's not that we haven't been caring or wanting to do stuff. It's just time has gotten away from us. And yeah. to be perfectly honest, there's going to be another break, too. As soon as you have your baby, I don't think I'm going to put together shows. I don't know what I'm going to do. So we'll have a, we'll probably have a week or two in between. But what the hell? We're here. Uh, we got a lot of past content. So if you haven't listened to our previous uh, shows, uh, I highly recommend the special interviews we did. Number one with Carl Ruiz. It's a two-part show. Uh, and then uh, the other one would be the one with uh, Vinny Chilzero from Russian Chilerzo. River. Chilerzo. whatever. <laughs> With Vinny Chilerzo from Russian River Brewing Company. The problem is I'm so I don't want to mess it up so badly that I end I up messing it up. I know. It's this Freudian slip thing that I just can't figure out. It's all right. It's like uh we did uh Frickle Paul's wedding. I I officiated Frickle Paul's wedding this past weekend and uh kept calling his wife when I first met her, Deandra, and she finally corrected me the week before the fucking wedding. <laughs> like, oh by the way, it's Deandra. And I'm like, ah, okay. So I had to like spell her name with like three A's to remind my Deandra. <laughs> yeah, oh man. It's <laughs> oh, the no. worst. When you when you get it into your head a certain way, it's so hard to break that. But be that as it may, we are back. Episode fifty four. Brad, who are we dedicating this episode to? Because if you haven't listened to us before some new listeners, uh, what we do is we take every episode and dedicate it to a previously famous, famous, a previously played a professional athlete, someone who's retired, generally they're in the Hall of Fame, but not always, uh, but someone who wore that number, we dedicate that to them. Episode 54, Brian Keith Erlocker. That's a no-brainer. Anyone close in the running up on this one? Uh, not really. Not really. Um, eight-time Pro Bowl or four-time All-Pro. Uh, Super Bowl. Uh, did he win a Super Bowl? Did he win a Super Bowl with them? No, they Negative. lost to the Colts. That's right. Um, uh, he's one of these guys, great white hype players, I think. Um, he was a great uh, linebacker. Um, 
was at uh, New Mexico State, and uh, or at New Mexico rather. Um, you know, just a, a hardworking guy, smart, heady player, was a big hitter, um, and was a good athlete. He had 22 interceptions for his career. For a middle linebacker, that's a lot. That's huge. Um, just goes to show you his size, to be able to get. That middle linebacker, that's a, they're going to drop back five yards and jump up and try to get in between those receivers. That's, that's fucking gigantic. Uh, the Bears got caught a little bit in giving in to the fans' love for him and the, white, the, the, uh, the hype for that guy late in his career. They kind of held on to some dead money there. Um, but when you look at his resume overall, um, it is remarkable. 1,300 career tackles, 41.5 career sacks. Um, eight-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro, one-time second-team All-Pro, NFL Defensive Player of the Year 2005, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year 2000, NFL 2000's All-Decade Team. Um, at New Mexico, consensus All-American in 99. He's had his number retired there. Uh, he's a dude that has spent a lot of time in support of the veterans and the American Armed Forces. Um, he's uh, was great in all of his commercials, very Peyton Manning-esque. Yes. Um, and uh, he, let's see. Yeah, he's the chairman of the USO uh, holiday tour. Uh, and so, you know, it's continued sort of taking his celebrity um, and making a difference um, in the community or, you know, in the country, as it were. Um he did, like I said, he did go through some. <laughs> he did go through some weird times in his career. In 2006, uh, Sports Illustrated did this uh, series of polls with NFL players. They talked about who's the, you know, who's the best quarterback in the league. Who's, you know, they just asked NFL players what they thought. Right. Um, and he was the second most overrated player in the league behind Terrell Owens. Um, and basically, he had a great answer. He just said, "I don't know what people are saying. Just watch the film." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, he was the standard by which a lot of middle linebackers were judged over the course of his career. Uh, it's amazing that a defensive player from the Chicago Bears has been referenced on this, <laughs> has been yeah. referenced on this list. Big shock. Uh, so, anyway, at six foot four, 258 pounds, uh, at now the age of 39, you, Brian Erlacher, are episode 54's player that we honor and need a better title for. <laughs> We're going to work on that. Yeah, we'll get we'll get back to you. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. Let's get into the show. So that was a very dramatic entrance. Red leather, yellow leather. Uh, all right. We're so knocking the rust off a little bit. It's been a while. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, since we've been doing, since we've done this, anyway. Uh, we've hung out. We just haven't done yeah. this kind of hangout. Right on the dining room table at <laughs> Shea Casa Barmore International, <laughs> a hostel. Right. A hostel. Um, you know what I... <laughs> this is like a complete out of the blue. So, Love it. Go uh, with it. There, was no, there were no real sports on last night. 
Uh, I know that you watched the thirty for thirty Ric Flair. Yeah, oh, yes, night. I watched half of it. I watched the second half, but the I, mean, I it pained me to turn it off at like it was like eleven thirty last night, and I was yeah. like, oh man, I, I really want to watch this, but I was so tired. Yeah, I uh, started over the weekend. I started watching a show on Netflix called Mind Hunter. Mm-hmm. It's about the FBI and how they built like their like sort of criminal psychology department. Like, yeah, yeah, holy shit, is it good? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm into it. It's and I like it because it's like ten episodes for the first season, and so I'm like already halfway done. And like, dude, the binge watching has fucking changed everything. Yeah, it totally has. Like, I, I think it's for the better, in my opinion. I agree. You know, I started watching um, I started watching House of Cards when I was traveling over the summer, and I got through the first season and like maybe two more episodes, and like the it's the best because I watched all the episodes inside of like a week. While I was flying and stranded in airports and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could tell right away that the show was going to jump the shark. And, you know, even though they're seven seasons in and then Kevin Spacey oh, <laughs> got that thing axed. Yes. Um, so anyway, I, I could tell right away. And so that's the beauty of it. Like, it's not like, you know, Walking Dead where you could tell that that thing was going to start to get boring right around season two. But you kind of wanted to see. So you stuck around for however many seasons. And we jumped ship after season three. But, uh, you know, like... It's you don't waiting around week to week to find out of something like you can tell like you're you power out five episodes right away right. and you know right. that's the best thing. Although, you know what? You know what Netflix does now? I'm sure you recognize this. If you cycle through all the Netflix original shows, like usually they just show like a still shot from the movie or from the TV show mm-hmm. or like the movie poster or whatever. Now they play like the trailer for the show up in the right hand corner while you're cycling. So if you stop on, say, like Stranger Things. Yeah. It will play you the trailer for the upcoming season. Oh, man. So after I watched three episodes of Mindhunter last night, <laughs> I was then stuck watching trailers like, oh, I should check out Ozark. That looks dope. <laughs> ah, Stranger Things doesn't really seem like me. Oh, oh I, I, like check- Str- I like Stranger Things. Do you? Yeah, it was cool. I, I haven't, know, we haven't jumped into uh, season two yet, but the first one was awesome. Yeah, so I, you know, I just, just crap like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should check that out. Oh, yeah, that looks good. Nah, I'm not into that. <laughs> yeah, Ozark is, I think, the one. The next one I'm going to get into. I've had a few people tell me that that's awesome. Nice. If you have something that you would like us to check into, loyal listeners, email us <laughs> at sportsmeetsbeer.gmail.com nice. or reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Tell me if there's something I should be watching because there's going to be some TV time coming while I nurse or rock a newborn baby yeah. to sleep. So that's coming. That's going to I can't wait for him or her to make their first... Sports Meets Beer podcast appearance. Baby pizza. <laughs> Baby pizza. All right, jumping right into the sports. That, yeah, that go ahead. My son Wyatt said that if it is actually a pizza, he's going to eat it. Uh, nice. Yes. Wyatt, nice. So then your wife pres- said, well, now I have to have a pizza when they come over and visit for the first time. Oh, I think it's going to be hilarious. She's going to walk up and be like, here's the baby. And why it's, his brain will explode <laughs> as we're all jumping in to get a slice of pizza. He's going to be like, no. He'll have a moment of like, no, don't eat the baby. I can't wait for that. It's going to be a great practical joke. They can. Here's a digital reference for him when he goes to therapy later. This is where it came from. Yeah, right. You're welcome. Oh, no, Mr. You're four-year-old, welcome. you're dead. <laughs> oh, I can't wait now. Yeah. Um. So. NFL season, full swing, NBA season, full swing. NFL season halfway done already, if you can believe that. I guess that's what happens when you don't put out content for a month. <laughs> a one month. More like two and a half. Yeah, right. It was a while. Uh, no, a month and a half. September 17th was our last. Okay. There you go. was our last release. Um, but uh, yes, NFL season halfway done, NBA season in full swing. Weird because they started like, um, like, 
two weeks earlier than normal with the NBA season because they're trying to stretch the schedule out so there aren't as many back-to-backs and four games and five nights because they didn't want all the stars resting for all the primetime games. I think that's a smart idea. I do, too. Um, and wait, so, wait, you're telling me there's actually a commissioner who cares about the growth and the opportunities of his of his league yeah i know it's amazing well I, you know what the th- like the thing is is you know so so much is made of these commissioners hold on look at the difference goodell yeah you guys can celebrate a little bit more during in the end zone we're right not, they're not worried but we're still thinking about extending the season to get rid of preseason well uh, what my yeah and i i understand <laughs> those guys are just bastions for the owner like that's all you know or for the owners like they're just representing the ownership group that's right. all about ownership group correct and so, um, and I think also like that in front of Draymond, the NFL, well, no, it totally is. The NFL is all about the shield, right? Mm. And it's like, you know, your most recognizable stars are all quarterbacks for the most part, right? But outside of that, like if you saw, like, what's a good example? Mario see, Edwards Jr. Because I follow him on Twitter. How about this? He if, put out a video and I'm like. First, I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" And I had to click on his on his handle to see who. I'm like, "Oh fuck, this Mario Edwards Jr." Right. So here's the, or, or here's another one. If you're not from the Philadelphia greater Philadelphia area, uh, and you saw Carson Wentz walking down the street, would you recognize him? Me personally, yes. But a lot of people know. No, the answer is no. You would not. You'd walk right by him. And only you may notice him because of how big he probably is at right. six foot. That's six. the first thing I would notice is his size, and then I'd be like. That's Carson Wentz because I nominated him to be president. Right. And he's an MVP candidate. Yes. Right. I mean, that guy oh, is for liter- sure. He's literally playing, you know, uh, or like, you know, there's a handful of guys with the NBA. It's all about recognizable faces. Right. Right. It's not about just the logos. Listen, if it was <laughs> I know the NBA, the NFL kind of has their uh, their throwback jerseys that they occasionally wear, the alt, the color rush jerseys. But the NBA has four different jerseys to five different jerseys for every team. They get to choose which the home team chooses which one they want. Right. It's like the University of Oregon because the reality is it doesn't like they can sell all that merchandise, but they don't hold the brands, the logos, all that stuff above, you know, what actually draws people in, which is the talent. Right. Which is the, you know, the LeBrons, the Stephs, the Hardens, the the Kyries, all these guys, the Durants. They they want them to be showcased. Because it is. It's a league of... So I think the owners made a decision at some point, and give Adam Silver credit for to get that kind of stuff through the players' union and all that. Uh, so, like I said, they're two weeks ahead of where they were last year. Uh, it's awesome because they're... I mean, they're not going to start resting guys till around Christmas time anyway, really. Um, you know, we've seen some cool stuff in the NBA. Uh, you know, it. but it. the only sort of crappy thing about them starting early is now... You know, you'll go through stretches, especially when the team's at home, your favorite team's at home, well, they'll play Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, mm-hmm. you know, and then they go on like a road trip. Now, like the Warriors played on Monday night, and they're not going to play again until tomorrow night. So, like, you're going two and three days in between games because of the way they've stretched it out. Right. When they're on the road, it's a little bit different, uh, but it's just, I've, <laughs> I feel like I'm not getting the barrage of... Uh, of warriors that I that we're used to normally get, but it is allowing me like I still try and catch it, tune into whenever there are games on because mm-hmm. some of the stuff that's going on in the NBA right now. If you have not caught the Boston Celtics, who everyone wrote off uh, once Gordon Hayward's leg fell apart, um, which if you've not oh, watched God. that video, don't that watch video, it. Yeah, uh, but they kind of wrote everybody off, and now they've all their young guys are getting all kinds of run. Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, the Celtics are really good. They can defend. Um, 
Cleveland's a mess. It doesn't really matter because the East, for the most part, is terrible. But if Cleveland and and Boston, as they are currently built, uh, meet in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, I think that Cleveland is in huge trouble because they don't defend that well and their offense is really stagnant. Amazing that you get rid of Kyrie Irving and then add two dudes who can't shoot from the outside in Dwayne Wade and mm-hmm. um, uh, Derek Rose. Amazing that that's the case. And Boston can really defend on the perimeter. So there's no spacing on that Cleveland team, really. Um, and I just think – I don't think that they're going to stand pat. I think they're going to make some kind of move. But th- I think they're in real big trouble. And that's my early five-week into the NBA season prediction. That's the lead pipe lock? No, it's not. I just Because <laughs> the thing is, in the East, it doesn't matter. Like, there, so many teams are so bad. Um, you know, and we've seen this before where, like, Cleveland will go through, like, a month stretch where they're just absolute crap and then – then they, you know, they're 14 and two through the, or, you know, 12 and two through the freaking playoffs or whatever. You know, it's just, it's hard to give them any kind of real credence at this point. I'm just, I'm giving a lot of credence to what I'm seeing in Boston because we know how good of a coach Brad Stevens is. But I think the big thing I want to talk about today, if you've had a chance to listen to the Sports Meets Beer NFL preview shows, you should definitely do that for the comedic value. <laughs> <laughs> we have had much hubris about our NFL predictions in the past. We've predicted oh, each man. of the last three Super Bowls correctly. Actually, that's not true. Uh, I predicted th- about 44 minutes of the Super Bowl correctly. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> this last year, and then the New England turned that on its ear. But uh, you should definitely check in and listen to those. I want to kind of revisit some of that, not necessarily directly, but I want to talk to my man Ben here about... What is the one thing unrelated to your favorite team that has surprised you about the NFL this season? Any storyline you want. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to dive right into some just some stand- standings, if you will. Yes. And we mentioned it before we started talking. Um, we kind of. I, I didn't th- I, I didn't think that. And it, unfortunately, it does pertain to my division, not to so much my team, but it's. It's crazy how many divisions have this Jekyll and Hyde thing going on. It seems like every week different a different team shows up. Initially, especially in the West, you thought that I mean the Chiefs came out of the gates blazing and they looked like a freight train that couldn't stop. Now all of a sudden they've showed weakness. Obviously, injuries play a factor, fatigue, all of those things travel. But now all of a sudden they've got a chink in their armor. Then you look at the Broncos who are playing fa- you know fantastic defense and all of a sudden the Eagles that the fact that they the Eagles embarrassed them so much. Well, I think two things That's are going crazy. on. Two things are going on with what you're talking about. Number one, the Chiefs don't stop the run, and they haven't since last year. They got up early in some of those big in some of those uh, games at uh, the beginning of the season where they just had big plays. Remember, everyone was talking about Alex Smith and his big playability that suddenly arrived. Um, they got up early in those games, and teams had to pass against them. And they have some good cover corners, so they were able to kind of. Uh, mask some of their troubles up front. But as you go along, you know as you go along and, and teams kind of make adjustments, mm-hmm. teams are just, they're not going away from the run and they're keeping that Kansas City offense off the field. As far as Denver is concerned, that defense is gnarly. That defense is gnarly. You just can't expect them to be on the field right for 35 minutes, 40 minutes in the game. But even then, they jumped, the Eagles jumped up on them so early. Right, but I think there's a cumulative you know, effect here. You're nine weeks into the season, and you haven't been able to put together decent drives since week two. Right. You know, you're seeing it with the 49er defense also. It's, I mean, you're seeing it with a few well, defenses. Well, the last thing I was going to say is I, I did not believe that the Niners would be 0-9 at this point. 
I did not think that. I knew that we talked about rebuilds. We talked. We shared different opinions about where they'd end and land at the end of the season. Yeah. But I did not see this coming, especially with Kyle Shanahan. That to me is like the biggest thing that, especially in just being in the North Bay. They're going to set a record for the number of dudes on IR in a season. That's not a sarcastic comment. That's a that's a fact. Right. The injury list for the 49ers is unreal, and they don't have the organizational depth to cover that. So I don't think any, any team would have the depth to cover that. They, there's so many guys yeah. out. I mean, you're talking about 10 or 12 guys on IR? Yeah, and some of those guys that are on IR are dudes that they sign to to make, cover yeah, for the, to, another yeah, guy yeah. that's on the IR. And, you know, I, well, I said I didn't want to necessarily talk, but with the 49ers specifically, you know, I said that they were going to have You're not fi- speaking to your point. This right. is my subject. I thought they were going to win five games, six if they got if they had a, a lucky break here or there. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, four of those five games that I thought that they would win are the games that they lost by three points or less. All that five-game stretch were all the games that were close. I thought that that was the stretch that they were going to get. I thought they'd... Uh, I didn't know who Philadelphia was at the beginning of the season, so I didn't know what they were getting there. Um, and I thought they would get the Rams both times. The Rams are clearly better um, than I anticipated. It's amazing what, how much this season has exposed Jeff Fisher <laughs> as yeah. a coach. Uh, but the 49ers, I, I, they're going to go. I think they're going winless now. Oof. And I, you know what the thing? I know it's, you didn't expect that from Kyle Shanahan. The interior offensive line for the 49ers is awful. Awful. And so Hoyer... Hoyer did what he he was asked to do because they couldn't they couldn't count on the offensive line keeping dudes out of his field of vision. Like he had guys in his face all the time. So it's five five yard outs, five yard ins, right? Um, and then he started to get antsy. And now C.J. Beathard is paying for the sins of the Trent Balky era of like <laughs> we haven't drafted a deep quality offensive lineman since Mike Upati, and now C.J. Beathard is getting hit sixteen times a game. God. I mean, it's, he's just getting his brains beat in, knowing that Jimmy Garoppolo is just waiting behind him, which if you're the Niners and you start Jimmy Garoppolo before next season, it's a huge failure on your part, unless Beathard gets hurt. I thought for sure he was going to get it pulled out for concussion protocol yeah, last I, week because he was getting, I mean, just getting lit up. Yeah, and can we just talk about, uh, see, I think we've talked about, you and I have talked about this before. Um, I don't love, I, I thought C.J. Beathard did a lot of good things early, um, I think teams have made the adjustments to him. And again, he's just got guys coming right up the middle in his face all the time. Brandon Fusco, Lakin Tomlinson, and Daniel Kilgore, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I hate the way he wears his helmet. Have we talked about this? <laughs> we have. It makes his whole forehead looks in, look enormous. And that for that reason alone, I knew he wasn't the answer. For that <laughs> reason alone. He wore his helmet. Yeah. But getting back to your point about the Jekyll and Hyde thing, you know, with the AFC West in particular, you know, the Chargers were what, 0 and 4? And what are they now? Uh, I'm sorry. One second. Uh, the Chargers are 3 and 5. So, okay. So they've gone, what, 3 and 1 since starting 0 and 4. Right. Right. Um, I don't know that the Raiders are necessarily Jekyll and Hyde. I just, uh, no. They, I mean, you show up, I mean, they, it was a luck of the draw with the, the Chiefs, but then you get. You get embarrassed by Buffalo, and then you put together a decent game. Although they let Cutler score, you know, get a lot of yards. Three touchdowns, three hundred twenty-five yards, no picks. That's a lot. That's a that's a big game for right. Cutler. And and uh, you know that game was close to a team that lost forty to nothing to Baltimore. Well, and the other part too is that the expectations you you mentioned in, in our previews how they will regress slightly. They're not going to have the same style of wins as the year before. But I did not expect to have this much of a disappointment, I, you know. And it's one of those things. If you look at it now, 
Denver, obviously, everyone knows the key to beat Denver is getting on top of them early. Let their defense stay on the field. You'll beat them that way because they can only score field goals. Uh, so at that point, you're looking at Chargers. Yeah, they, they, they will find a way to, to fall apart again, and they'll be fourth in the division. So the Raiders are maybe looking at a wild card, but even then, I doubt that's going to be a factor. They'll go. It'll go first round, and then that's it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. I, uh, my biggest surprise is the uh, New Orleans Saints defense. Uh, and it came to me yesterday morning as I was reading about uh, reading about the week that passed, getting ready for our picks for 97.7 The River, which you can catch on Friday mornings, the Danny Wright Show. It's uh, also available on their social media website. It the is. Facebook and the Twitter. We should start posting them as podcast content. Be a good idea. Um. So the Saints through two games gave up 777 passing yards and 32 and a half points per game uh, and started 0-2. They are now 6-2, and and they've given up 200 yards or more through the air just once in that stretch. Uh, they've never been known much for their defense, but former Raider head coach Dennis Allen is their defensive coordinator now. Took over for Rob Ryan. Uh, halfway through last year, he blitzes like 40% of the time and like a ridiculous like 48% of the time on third down because they drafted a corner, Marshawn Lattimore, and they drafted a safety, and they are both beasts, and I didn't see that coming at all. Uh, that's a re- that's a good division. Atlanta hasn't really gotten it together offensively, um, which, big surprise, you've gone from you know Kyle Shanahan, who's a great offensive mind, um, to I don't even know who their guy is now. Jeez. Um, I can't remember who it is now. <laughs> anyway, uh, actually, that whole division is a big surprise to me now that I think about it because I thought, you want to talk about a Jekyll and Hyde team, who the fuck are the Carolina Panthers? Which week <laughs> is it? Exactly. Which week is it? Um, and then also uh, Tampa. I, I gave Tampa some love in our preseason predictions, um, but man, Dirk, there's no way Dirk Cutter survives this season. No, no, he's going to get gunned. Everybody was on them because of you know hard knocks, and, you know, Cutter and Jameis Winston had a good relationship and they brought in Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans is such a beast and Doug Martin came back, you know, week four. They thought they'd have a good running game uh, and they've done none of that. It's been really up and down for them offensively uh, and they just they find ways, different ways to lose every week. It feels like um, I'd be surprised if Cutter survives the season, to be honest with you, let alone. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't see anyone getting fired uh, yet. I, you know, it's one of those things, the mid-season firing in, in football is so dramatic um, just because, you know, it's, you're 16 games to formulate a plan and to pull them out. I mean, I, I just, I don't know, It's that's crazy if it happens, but then again, crazier things have happened. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i be interested to see what happens with the Saints moving forward here. Um, you know, they're, they're scrappy, man. I don't know if you saw the Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore thing last week uh, where there was the big fight. Yep. Um, there were a lot of fights this past week. Was that this yes. past weekend or the uh-huh. weekend before? Jalen Ramsey and yeah, uh, yeah AJ Green, yeah. Marshawn. Who apparently Lattimore. afterwards Ramsey went into to try to go to the locker room and go fight him. Yeah, uh, and then Carlos Hyde and and Antoine Bethay, former teammates, because Bethay hit Bethard low mm-hmm. as Bethard was going to the slide. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Um, but uh, I think as you move forward for the uh, for the Saints. You know, they've kind of beat the shit out of Brett Hundley, Trubisky, and Jameis Winston, and also Ryan Fitzpatrick because they benched Winston in that game. Yep. Um, 
you know, now they're going up against Tyrod Taylor, Kirk Cousins, uh, your Jared Goff, Cam Newton, and Matt Ryan now coming up the rest of the season. Mm. So it's a lot different, I think. I don't know that you could blitz a lot of those guys quite as much. Um, and also, despite what they've done against the pass, they're still giving up almost five yards of carry. But their offense is so good, they're forcing teams to have to throw a lot. So, you know, when you blitz as much as they do, if you can create a lot of uh, misdirection and draw plays, you'll be able to, you know, you'll be able to run the ball against a defense like that. But the problem is they don't give you the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, and who knew trading Adrian Peterson was going to be great for their offense? Yeah, no kidding. Anyway. And I feel like it, like both parties really, that was a great trade for everybody. Peterson seems to be happy in Arizona. Well, he's happy he there, but he's... productive yeah. so far. I mean, they obviously, they're going to have to... When you lose Palmer, your run game is going to go up dramatically, period. He's going to get more carries. Yeah, he had, a, he had a good game against the Niners. Again, the Niners are... are you know, that defense has some real talent on it. IR, and then they're on the field way too much also. Um, you know, the, he, he had a good game then. He had, it was a terrible the week before that. He had a good game the first week he was there. Um, he's been an interesting character within that offense. But, yeah, I'm going – that my the NFC South is sort of my biggest surprise and interest factor yeah. as we go forward. What is uh, – I'm is, actually surprised that I was right. I called the Rams. I don't know. I can't tell you. I didn't do, like, a ton of research. Yeah. It was more on the fly. I just felt like – the ch- I knew that one of the two teams moving to L.A. would thrive, and I thought that this would be the time – this would be the time for them to do that. Well, they're a game up on the Seahawks. And they, they're a game up on the Seahawks. They've, they've, you know, they've had what a top ten draft pick for six straight years or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah. You know they've they've been able to put together good talent on both sides of the ball, and McVeigh, at what is he seventeen, <laughs> the head coach. You know he obviously knows what he's doing from a play calling standpoint. He's obviously got a good relationship with Jared Goff. Todd Gurley's a good player. He's got all kinds of time. He's in his room grounded all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, you know Todd Gurley's a good player, and they. they you know, Robert Woods a good player. They went and got uh, Sammy Watkins, who's had a good season for them. I don't know, man. They just hung a 50-burger on the New York Giants, who I predicted to win the NFC East. Yeah, uh, that's a that's another one that just unbelievable how bad how bad they are. Two 50-burgers in one week, by the way. Oh, man. Philadelphia on Denver, and then uh, the St. Louis slash L.A. Rams on the New York football Giants. Uh, I saw an interesting headline this morning speaking of the New York Football Giants. The front office has put out the word to their scouts to start scouting college quarterbacks. Um, I don't follow college football that closely. Uh, I only Nor read the I. scouting reports later. The college football season only has like three more weeks in it. You're only going to start scouting them now? Yeah. You All should right. have been doing that since the beginning of the le- the season began. Right. And I know that they're <laughs> tired of Eli Manning, but honestly, man, like... That is like, hey, we're all going to get fired. <laughs> ben McAdoo is getting fired. Right. Like, you know, th- that whole thing. That defense is so I don't, I don't talented. know if you can put all of that on on uh, Eli Manning's shoulders, though. He's been bad. Oh, he's been bad. Don't he's get me wrong. Bad. But you can't put all of it on his shoulders. Oh, sh- of course not. Of course not. But I don't think that he's shown you anything to make you think that, like, you can get four more years out of him. Oh, no. Right? He's probably going to be serviceable for probably one more year. Serviceable, they'll, they'll bring him in. Unless they get some phenom talent. Right. I think it's going to be, you get a chance next year, you go into the third game and fourth game and you're 0-4, he's getting yanked and the new guy's starting. Which Or an of, injury. That's, you know, obviously. As, as of right now, the Giants are 1-7. Yeah. Uh, I don't, they're going to draft high. So, 
you know, there are some good quarterbacks in this. Uh, there are supposedly some good quarterbacks in this draft class. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know who the guy that I feel the worst for this season is, though? Andrew Luck. Oh. Yeah. Did a team fuck up an injury situation worse than what they've that they've done? I don't know. I mean, I feel. I, do you? I mean, I feel bad for him. Yes, they fucked it up. But I also feel bad for like Teddy Bridgewater, who got. I mean, in practice, in fucking practice, you get that severe of an injury. You and activated then, this and week, and then uh, Deshaun Watson from the Texans. I feel bad for him for like sure. that. Like that, they were obviously trending up they were doing well he took control yeah he did what a you know it's it's not an uncommon story for a rookie quarterback to come in and take control i mean look what roethlisberger did back in the day there's you go through the list there's a lot of rookie quarterbacks who've done well. not like this though no not not going into seattle and hanging 425 on a seattle legion of boom defense right you know and ki- triglyceride correspondent Kevin Brink predicted it. He and I, he talked me into placing a bet on the Houston Texans at 40 to one to win the Super Bowl, And we actually looked like it might be smart money for a while. Yeah. And then of course injuries came back to get us, but I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I feel bad for those guys getting hurt in practice. What I feel worse for about Andrew Luck though, is that that team has failed to put an offensive line around him. That's good. Right. You're wasting one of the great, like physical specimen and football minds. I know he throws a lot of picks, but he's under pressure a lot. If you put him behind, say, like Dallas's offensive say line, Dallas, or maybe, you know, maybe Oakland on one good week. Yeah, like, uh, although man, Whitworth, come on, dude, <laughs> like just a chink in. The, you want to talk about a chink in the armor? Um, anyway, I, like I think, I just think that that's a that's a team that went from, you know, Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck and should have had a seamless transition in terms of success and then just took a shit. I I just, I don't, uh, I mean, I realize that they were bad going into that Andrew Luck draft year. Right. But I, I just, they had the opportunity there to really build around him and they just haven't done it. Um, you know, so I feel I do feel bad for him. I wonder, we kind of talked about this, you know, not, not on the podcast, but we talked about this, uh, you and I did. Over beers. Over beers, you know, the, I like the Niner trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, but I was actually, there was a part of me that hoped that they would try and work something out where they could trade down uh, at the time, then they still had the multiple second round picks. They could trade their high pick, trade down and get give up like a third round pick and get Andrew Luck. Um, I thought that that was something that they might be able to work out because Indianapolis needs so badly to rebuild across the board. And you've got an injury risk, what they deem to be an injury risk quarterback coming back behind an offensive line. And a team that's just not built to win now. Right. And I thought, you know, this was before the 49ers. This was like when the 49ers were still just 0-4 and, and had been in every game pretty much. <laughs> now, I'd, now I'm so glad they're not doing that. Out of the three, you know, possible quarterbacks that the Niners have talked about, obviously Garoppolo wasn't on the radar until recently. No, I, he was on the radar in the offseason. Was he? Yeah, we talked about it on the show. Okay. I thought that they uh, – I thought that going into this year, I said that Garoppolo would be the guy that I'd want to get. Because uh, he was going to cost less money than Cousins. Yeah, he was going to cost way less money, and he was going to. He's a guy that's coming from behind Tom Brady, and a guy that has shown that he's had some success already mm-hmm. against NFL defenses. Um, you know, where a guy like Kirk Cousins is not going to take less money, right? The guy, the Redskins have fucked that up too. He's he's been a franchise tag player for three consecutive seasons, right? Two consecutive reasons? Three consecutive seasons. Anyway, consecutive years, which means that he makes the average of the three highest paid quarterbacks, 
And like you don't sign a new contract and take less money. So right. your average salary has to be at or around what you're currently making. So you're going to give $30 million a year to Kirk Cousins? Yeah. It's a lot. You know what I mean? And so no, like I'm, the I'm 49ers don't have to – the 49ers can make a deal with Garoppolo now, who I think you know, is a guy that, he, that Shanahan wanted to draft when he was in Cleveland. He's a guy that, uh, like I said, he's he's he comes from a good pedigree now, mm-hmm. right? He spent multiple seasons there. He's a guy that you can get for like Brock Osweiler money, which suddenly, I mean, I re- obviously he got overpaid, but seventeen, yeah, think? <laughs> 17 million a year for Garoppolo when the Four Niners have one hundred and twenty in cap space, right? It's nothing. That makes sense. And they gave up a second round pick to get him, right? That's uh, uh, they gave up their their second second round pick right? no Did their first two? one okay. their first one so it'll be like the 35th overall pick probably yeah which for a new england team that needs defensive help really bad um you know i think that that's it's smart for both teams i think they they both did well um you know i think that they were it's an interesting situation for them i think they were they thought for some reason they thought tom brady was going to kind of take a dive mm-hmm. and so the story is john lynch called bill belichick and said hey are you interested in trading tom brady and belichick was like what yeah. no and he's like all right, I guess we could take Jimmy Garoppolo off your hands. <laughs> Belichick he tried to Jedi mind trick him. Yeah, basically, and it obviously worked because they only had to give because at one point they weren't interested in trading, and the rumor was that they wanted three picks for him, and so that's why nobody, yeah, because they thought that he was their quarterback of the future because they didn't know what they were going to get out of Tom Brady this year. So, um, yeah, I, I th- <laughs> I'm interested to know what happens in that uh, NFC. North division now too. Who is the who are the Detroit Lions? Is their defense what we saw early? Is their offensive line as bad as it's shown? I mean, they kind of beat the shit out of a bad or a flailing Packer team, right? um, On Monday, they have Minnesota coming up. Minnesota's front seven is good, but who's their quarterback? Is it still Case Keenum? Teddy Bridgewater's coming back. You know what is going to happen in that division? That's oh, they're not. They're going to yeah. Bridgewater's coming back to be off of IR. There's not. They're not going to throw him into the game. There's no way. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know enough about it to be able to answer that. Right. I, I don't. I haven't seen any of his any kind of PT he's been working on to get back what he's had to do to get back from that devastating injury. Yeah. But I can't imagine him getting thrown in right away because you're on IR. You're not supposed to be part of team meetings. You're not supposed to be studying playbooks. I'm sure they still have their ways of getting that stuff to him. But I thought you're supposed to have complete separation from the team. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know either. I don't know about that. Um, I, I, it, you're going to activate him because he's going to play. Like you're not going to because it's a roster spot. Right, right. So you're going to bring him back on because he's going to play. And when you've got Case Keenum going and Sam Bradford take, getting surgery, you know, um, you know the AFC East actually is something that's a little bit more interesting than I anticipated. You know, uh, we, you know we said on the show or on our AFC East preview that if Buffalo was in the division around thanksgiving uh it gets really interesting because uh going into buffalo this late in the year is tough right um and guess what they're only a game back in the division exactly so uh that's an interesting one i think we you know we kind of expected the patriots to run away with it um and they're you know six and two it's not like it's not like they've struggled (laughs) exactly you know but it's not four and four they're not you know (laughs) yeah but you know at one point they were two and two and the sky was falling in new england but uh yeah, you know, the AFC South is Houston, I guess, right? I mean, that's the team that... Defensive- Tennessee's playing really well. Uh, I mean, that's... Tennessee is a game out of the f- of first place there, but They're- they have 12 points less than 
Right. In point differential. They've been outscored by 12 points on the year, which is odd. It's a, that's a weird stat. Yeah. Against Jacksonville's plus 89. Yeah, you look Jack- at the same difference. Because Jacksonville's had some like real big blowouts. Right. Um, actually, that's, think, that's another Je- Jekyll and Hyde team. I actually think I like Jacksonville in that division moving forward now after having watched. That defense is really good. Um, yeah, NFL season. Let us know. What do you think is going to happen? What's the... Uh, What's the your give us lead, your lead pipe lock? Your prediction for the second half of the season as we move forward here. Um, I want to actually uh, take this transition of NFL and go right into everyone's favorite segment, the shit tweet of the week. Cue the music. Hit it. Uh, so if you. Actually, before we do this, let me set it up. Your thoughts on Tony Romo in the uh, broadcaster's booth? Uh, is, I mean, he's doing a great job. Well, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's you can tell that week by week they kind of change how he how he count. You know, they're like, okay, Tony, we get it. Like, you got to quit predicting the play. You're giving, you know, you're giving the giving everyone else. You're making everyone a little uncomfortable. There's less things to talk about. But he's doing, I mean, he's doing a great job. I mean. I was never a gigantic Romo fan, right, to begin with. But to see his clean transition, I felt he got the. I feel he got a raw, a raw deal, having ended his career the way he did. So I, I'm glad to see him do well. I mean, he is far better. I mean, I can't see Peyton Manning going in that chair. No way, not doing the same job. No, you know, uh, John, I thought John Lynch was actually a really good. Yeah, I did too. Really I thought he was good too. too. He was well. I mean, he's well spoken. All those things. I'm just clearly intelligent when it comes to the game but i think he's doing great yeah yeah i i like it too so if you watched kansas city and dallas on sunday uh ezekiel elliott gets the ball and goes strong side sweep and marcus peters good cover corner for kansas city uh is getting ready to tackle him and just pretends like he's going low but really just goes to the ground Ezekiel Elliott jumps over him. It actually goes back to our point about Kansas City's rush defense. Yeah. You can get to the outside against them because their corners do not like uh, coming up and run in run protection. Uh, and Tony Romo said, he kind of showed Ezekiel Elliott, uh, as they're showing the replay of him hurdling uh, Marcus Peters, Romo says, uh, Peters doesn't want to tackle anybody. He's really good out there on the corner, off coverage, but tackling... Not so much. He makes Deion Sanders look good at tackling sometimes. Yeah, and Deion flipped out. So flipped. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Rose. Chris Rose. Yeah, Chris Rose on the the next uh, morning show or uh, game day live. Uh, asked him, "Hey, you got mentioned on the broadcast, and Deion Sanders lost his freaking mind." Saying some really funny things, I might add. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I have a gold jacket that I didn't pay for, which is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty good. And then said 10 years in the league and you're two and four in the postseason. A Yo, fact. Good one. Right. And then also the only dude that you didn't throw an interception to was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> which is also good. Um, and then he said, I try. Um, I, I want to try my best to take the high road, but I don't know the address. Um. I, I listen. Deion Sanders once got called out in a film session in the Cowboy locker room or in the Cowboy uh, facility for 
just running away, basically, from making a tackle on, I think it was Jerome Bettis, I think. Yeah. And he said, I saw him coming, and I made a business decision. That was his answer. <laughs> so for him to, like, lose his mind about not, like... About a comment like about that. About a comment like this? And the thing is, this is this is not... This has been... This has been an ongoing thing. Like everyone has joked about that. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, that is kind of the thing. Listen, I love as as a player. I love Deion Sanders. He obviously he came to the Niners in '93, got them a Super Bowl, right? Because he really locked down that defense, made Eric Davis a Pro Bowler. Uh, some of the plays he made, you know, in clutch situations for them were awesome. Uh, he was fun to watch as a baseball player. You know, he he brought the Dallas Cowboys their last ring. Um, you know, because again, he could just shut down an entire half of the field. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I did want to bring up that on. Let's see. Let's let's bring it up really quick here. Uh, two hours ago, uh, Tony Romo was on uh, Good Morning Football or whatever it is on the NFL Network, and they're doing the twenty-first and Prime segment that they do. Where it's like that Deion Sanders gets on his pulpit and says whatever the freak he wants. Uh, and it's always kind of gibberish and a mess. <laughs> and he goes on and he brings his mom on. They're talking about him clowning Tony Romo, right? Which, by the way, Michael Irvin stood up for Tony Romo, which I thought was classic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was classic. He said, I didn't like the way Dion came after him. You know, he's just doing his job. Um, but uh, he's on this 21st and Prime thing and they talk about it and he said... I'm from Fort Myers. My mama raised me to not take no junk from nobody. Isn't that right, Ma? And then he brings his mother into the shop. His real mom is there, yeah. right? Who actually looks a lot like Deion Sanders. Not in a good way. And so uh, so here's where the shit tweet of the week comes in. Uh, you know, a lot of times guys will like tweet the link to their show and yeah. like tease something that happened. Yes. Nope. Deion Sanders quoted his own line from the show and then played the video. Of him bringing his mom on. Oh, God. I mean, if there's, like... He's God, that's pretty narcissistic. Super Jesus. narcissistic. Do you think maybe his superhuman speed comes from him uh, having the bottom two ribs removed? Because that's the surgical procedure it takes to suck your own dick like that. <laughs> I was going to say, where are you going with that? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so I looked around. There's a lot of goofy things being said right now, uh, you know, political or with the nfl the kneeling and everything else you try and keep it fairly light here and uh you know our usual our usual foil (laughs) lol cone didn't do much this week no 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 so Dion sanders you you're from fort myers florida and your mom had raised me raised you not to take no junk from nobody well take this junk you are the shit tweet of the week <laughs> oh Jesus! I think that I think that, that just rap, about that, wraps that, it. How, where, where do you go from there? I, yeah, I don't know. Shit tweet of the week, Deion Sanders. Thank you, everyone listening. Thank you. Make sure you uh, check us out on all of our social media avenues. Ben, Facebook. Ben is currently googling rib removal procedures. Yeah. <laughs> With my belly, though, I probably need to have like eight ribs removed. A whole rack of Ben taken I'd bar- out. I'd barbecue him. <laughs> my son would eat him. Uh, anyways, Sports Meets Fear Podcast, thank you so much for listening. Advanced Auto Group, thank you for sponsoring us. Uh, yeah, check out all of our stuff, uh, 977theriver.com. Uh, we're kind of, uh, we're a little bit everywhere right now, so check us out. Hit us up on uh, any of our stuff so we can talk. Subscribe, comment. Yeah, share with your friends. Tell everybody. Give us a rating. Shoot That's us to better. the top of the charts. There we go. That'd be a great to be an up-and-comer. 
We'd love to do that, man. All right. Well, check us out. Thank you. Podcast. (laughs) 